0: Resorts, homes and a newly built hospital have been washed away.
1: Communication is down all over the country. Everybody was just rushing up in the process. Highest point. I'm just
2: holding on to their life here. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Pacific
3: prepared. The warnings were going up. The extent to which people took heed of the warnings is another question. Very much a wake-up
4: call. People were prepared and that's why we've got less lives lost than we could have had.
2: People need to know what to do and it's not difficult. We
4: provide the right information to people and
3: they can act accordingly. Pacific Kissing was.
2: The Pacific, Pacific.
5: Pacific, you follow I must prepare.
0: Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Hello and welcome to Pacific Prepared. I'm Fred Hooper. I'll be hosting the program for 2022 and I'm really excited to be working with such a talented group of Pacific reporters. For the next few weeks you'll be hearing from me, Aaron Carney, and of course the Pacific team as we keep across what's happening in our area and revisit some stories about how people are preparing for natural disasters in the Pacific. We're also working behind the scenes on the best way to bring you the information that you might need this year. We're going to be bringing all new episodes soon to help keep you and your community safe, and of course, prepared. Coming up in this episode, we'll get an update from Tonga, three weeks after the volcanic eruption. Also, misinformation during a disaster, How to avoid it and how to help you and your family. You'll hear from the Reef Islands and what plans they're making in relation to food security. And you'll also hear some advice on what to do during an earthquake.
3: Be informed,
5: be ready, Pacific prepared.
0: It's been three weeks since the volcanic eruption in Tonga. Communication is still limited, so the full extent of damage isn't known. Pacific Prepared reporter Anna Sue Falakohono has been speaking with the district officer from one of the Outer Islands to find out how the communities were impacted and how they're trying to regain some normality. The
2: people living in long-lying and coastal areas bore most of the brunt. The devastation from the volcanic eruption, especially the people of Patangata and Nukunukumoto, known to many as Ciesia. They are still suffering from the aftermath as the ocean is their main source of income, They claim the ocean is their tax allotment, and the ocean is also the main daily food supply. But now it seems all these domains have turned their back on them, with the ocean flooding their houses with seawater, stacking their shores with rocks and stones, damaged their buildings and properties, and most unfortunately, damaged about 85% of the fishing boats. The District Officer of all Alotaisi Takau, says it's not the first time to experience such a horrific incident, nor second or third, as they live on the most vulnerable places in Tonga.
6: These two villages have been impacted badly so many times, first from Cyclone Kita, then Cyclone Herod, and now this. I believe it has been five years altogether, from Kita... The problem was the sea rising to the houses dwelling in their dwelling houses. That's the number one problem faced by everyone leaving in Tangata and Siesia. The electrical equipment, fridge, washing machine, radio, TV, irons, microwave and all those were damaged. Everything's damaged including the battings and tong and fine meds. the drawers and cupboards are all damaged. The blankets and clothes can be washed again and reused, but a lot of things you can see it outside the houses that are there ready to be taken to the cabbage. The most urgent need now is drinking water and food, and the main food supply for the people of Batangata and Siesia is from the ocean, and right now no one is allowed to go out to sea anymore. The fishing boats, I believe about 85% were affected and badly damaged, with some are still in the mangrove trees, we cannot bring them out as people are focused on cleaning up their houses. But I'm grateful to the government for their assistance of drinking water and food, even financial assistance. The government's financial assistance, however, to Patangata in Sisya, in my own words, is different because their tax allotment is from the ocean, their source of income from the ocean, and their livelihoods depend solely on the ocean. And this time, there's no going to the ocean. Very, very hard to earn any more income.
2: Bagao says natural disasters have hit them so many times with flooding, strong winds, housetops blown away and damaged properties. They have sought shelter at evacuation centres but will return home to clean up and try to absorb what happened and begin to relive their lives despite the physical, financial and mental challenges. Most of the people residing in these areas are from the outer islands who have been in Tongatapu for a while and they could only afford living on these villages despite the vulnerability it is to natural disasters. They will have a village meeting or fono to discuss the best way forward. We've hoped they could at least consider relocating to other places as tropical cyclones are more frequent and stronger. Pacific Prepared was at Patangata Nukunukumoto and it's clear people are still affected mentally, as they could not express their feelings with words, but the facial expressions have shown their many emotions and the difficulties they are facing.
0: Pacific Prepared reporter Anna Sue falakahono with an update from the outer islands of Tonga.
7: Be informed. Be ready. Pacific Prepared. Often people complain they get the wrong information, but it's later revealed they listen to misinformation, and that was what led to bad disaster decisions. Samoa has also been taking on this issue. Officials are trying to find an effective pathway through using social media to reach people, but also ensure they can recognise false information when they see it. Pacific Prepared Samoa reporter and Radio 2AP senior reporter Maui Lutumose explores that challenge and others with the Samoa Meteorological Office.
8: Tropical cyclones are always associated with uh, torrential rain and flash flooding and flooding of lowland areas, coastal flooding, storm surges, and all those kind of facets, so that Um uh, we experienced in, the, in a few years back, uh, like five years ago, a uh, uh, slightly uh, increase in the amount of rainfall and that can cause a lot of flooding in coastal uh, town areas and uh, also the rivers and uh, along the road. Our information is regularly updated on Facebook and uh, and we are uh, using that. Uh, make sure that uh, at least one member of a family uh, can access to uh, the social media, so they can get the latest update from the mid office. But other sources, for example, the TV, the internet, uh, websites, we are also sending uh, information to text message through mobile to some selected uh, representatives. So. We are trying all these ways to make sure that uh, the information is going out to a wider and broad uh, uh, audience.
5: Thank you. Um, You are working in collaboration with other agents in the country during cyclone and other natural disasters.
8: When a cyclone strike, who should people can call to for help? The information is coming straight from the mid office, but some communities can... uh, get the information from the media outlets as well as the disaster management office uh, because they ex- we they access to the information that we gave out. And uh, we contact uh, community awareness programs. So the information is also available to communities. Uh, but during times of disasters, the mid-office is available. Uh, we can, uh, people can reach out uh, to our office and they can also get information from the DMO, disaster management office. The national point of information is the mid-office.
5: So the national information is coming from the mid-office. Thank you very much, Dr. Afaese Dr. Luteru Tauwale, the Assistant Chief Executive Officer of the Samoa Meteorology Office.
7: Pacific Prepared Samoa Reporter and Radio 2AP Senior Reporter Maui Lutumose taking a look at the opportunities and challenges presented by this cyclone season with the Samoa Meteorological Office.
3: It was a terrifying night. It was shaking and getting pounded by debris.
7: We had to make sure they have a safe shelter and drinking water.
2: Helping you stay safe, Pacific prepared.
7: Everyone in the Pacific is vulnerable to disaster, but some people are much more vulnerable than others. Solomon Islands Remote Reef Island Group is under assault on many fronts. Severely affected by a storm surge and sea level rise, the Provincial Disaster Management Office has listed it as vulnerable to tsunami. They have poor communications infrastructure, little land for crops and gardens, and as a result, food insecurity threatens to leave people dangerously hungry. So preparation is everything. Pacific Prepared Solomon Islands correspondent Georgina Kakia reports on the many challenges of the Temotu people and how they are meeting them.
9: The outlying islands of Temotu province are commonly known as the Reef Islands. It is a loose collection of 16 islands in the northwestern part of the Solomon Islands. These islands are mostly occupied by Polynesians many years ago.
10: Very small islands, they don't. Have gardens. They have very small spaces where they plant uh, banana. They have few breadfruit trees and other fruits, mostly coconut tree. And I think that's their main food. They live by this uh, fish and coconut. Edith Daggy
9: works for the Temotu Provincial Council of Women. She is based in the provincial town, Lata. She says the people of the Reef Islands are resilient people. Without access to radio, television, the internet, or even telecommunication, only by natural indicators and traditional way of living were they able to survive.
10: How they study the weather pattern, how they use their skills for their safety, they support their house, they have their preserved foods prepared, they yeah, are in stock
9: I like that. But with the changing weather patterns, it is not as easy to predict storms as the forefathers used to.
4: The indicators identified by communities are now not being reliable due to climate change. They say that sometimes they see the indicators, but then it, the weather is different from what they're expecting.
9: Vatina Devesi is World Region Operations Manager in Solomon Islands. She says a research on traditional knowledge was done by the Solomon Islands Met Services in Makira province in 2018. Makira Province is also located in the eastern part of Solomon Islands.
4: And now we're in the monitoring stage to monitor the indicators. The main findings from the survey was that communities that live further from the urban centres still do rely on traditional knowledge for forecasting weather compared to those living near to urban centres. The main hazards for communities in Solomon
9: Islands are mostly cyclones, flooding, strong winds and storm surges.
4: The communities are saying that when there's bad weather their crops get destroyed. For instance like the riverbanks are the fertile places so that's where the communities grow most of their crops but then when flooding comes it takes the crops away.
9: With this backdrop One of the focus now when it comes to disaster preparedness is food security. Food drying is one of the oldest methods in the world to preserve food. This practice is not commonly used by people living on bigger land space and communities.
4: Also under the AHP COVID response, Revolution well, is working more in the livelihood sector, um, mostly on food preservation, processing and preservation, and aquaculture and um, food gardening demonstration. So, we have been involving the Ministry of Agriculture, Ministry of Fisheries, to support us with the technical skills of rolling those components out in the communities. But for the people of Temotu,
9: Reef Islands, food preservation has been their way of life for a very long time. Being saltwater people, their livelihood mostly revolves around the sea and whatever plants they have on the island, mainly breadfruit, coconuts and bananas.
10: (laughs) So one good thing about them too, they preserve food like uh, they preserve shell, clam shell or even other shells too. Uh, They dried fish, that's how they preserve food for times uh, where they can't go and find food at sea because of the weather. For them,
9: relocation is often seen as the only long-term solution and the people are hesitant to consider this option, even in the short term.
10: One good thing about these people, you never hear them complain about hungry. I think uh, might the culture too.
7: Edith Dagi, of the Tomotu Provincial Council of Women, ending that report by Georgina Kakia in the Solomon Islands. By the way, that music is from a string band from the Reef Islands. Helping you stay safe.
3: Pacific Prepared.
2: To be prepared to save your life, your loved ones in your home during a disaster, you need to act now. Here's what to do to be ready for an Earthquake. Earthquakes sometimes give early clues they are about to strike. You may hear a roaring or rumbling sound that gradually gets louder. You may feel a rolling sensation under your feet that starts out barely noticeable and within a second or two grows much more violent. Sometimes the reverse happens. You may feel a sudden uh, jarring jolt and within seconds feel like you're losing your balance, struggling to stand up or feel disoriented when you try to move. Your biggest danger during an earthquake is falling objects and heavy items collapsing. These can be natural or man-made. Think now about safe spots in your home. Do you have a sturdy table to take shelter under? Tell everyone, If you are in bed, cover your head with any pillows or coverings. Identify a safe open area outside where nothing can fall on you. Discuss these safe spots with your family. Before an earthquake strikes, do a hazard check, especially around your home. Is there a way to secure any furniture that might topple over and fall on you or your loved one? Might it block you in if it did? Look for any poisonous chemicals or toxic materials in breakable containers and move these containers to a storage area away from the main living and sleeping areas. Keep them away from your water storage and out of reach of children and animals. Talk with those who live with you about what you will do if an earthquake strikes. Can everyone get to a safe meeting place away from danger? Does everyone know where it is? When an earthquake hits, it is often too late to make a plan. So prepare now. Include everyone. Make it fun and be prepared. This information has been compiled for multiple official government and non-government agencies across the Pacific and the world.
7: Casting commissions, Anasiu Falakayono, with everything you need to know to be ready for an earthquake. Ten
6: minutes after the earthquake, we had a loud bang and then just saw the sea rising up. Know what to do?
7: Know what to do? Know what to do? Pacific Prepared. Recently, here on Pacific Prepared, we shared the story of women in central Tana in Vanuatu who've been told not to sell their produce at market because of fears their families will go hungry. Flooded gardens mean vital crops are in short supply. The problem has become a daily fear for many Vanuatu and people right across the Pacific. But as Pacific Prepared correspondent Capital FM 107's Heather Meraki discovered, there is a plan to create a national food basket, ensuring that when disaster strikes, families don't go hungry.
5: Mary, a mother of four, only earns money through agricultural produce to make ends meet for her family. Mary Jack from the island of Tana moved to Efate in 2012 to find opportunities to make money to pay for her children's school fees. While Mary and her husband are planting crops and vegetables to sell at the Port Vila market to earn money, they live with fear of when is the next cyclone hitting Vanuatu. Yes, we got some Yes, I have some worries because when I plant crops, I always have some worry as to when the next disaster will strike to damage my crops and disturb my plans. on what I should do with the money I am supposed to earn, especially with school fees. When asked if she also plant other crops to prepare if a cyclone strike, this is Mary's response.
10: Yes,
9: I plant sweet potato,
5: manioc and taro because I bury them. Just in case if there is a cyclone, I can still harvest to sell at the market to earn money to support my family. Mary went on to say that she sleeps with worries at night during the cyclone season. I don't have good night rest anymore, especially when I have outstanding school fees to pay. And we're in the cyclone season. I get worried that if a cyclone comes and destroys my garden, I will have to find other ways to make money to support my family. The Director of Agriculture and Rural Development, Antoine Ravo, said like any other Pacific Island country, food security must be a priority, and they are now working with different communities to help them prepare before any disaster happens.
1: Like any other Pacific countries, including Vanuatu, food security is a critical agenda for the national government uh, through the Ministry of Agriculture, Livestock, Forestry, Fisheries and uh, Biosecurity. Under the Department of Agriculture and Rural Development, the Department has been uh, implementing uh, various uh, policies and uh, strategies through the work of the Food, Security and Agriculture Cluster uh, that uh, oversees the roles and responsibility of uh, responding to any natural disaster during and after any disaster that hits the country. And uh, this uh, food security cluster is a critical uh, working group that uh, looks at uh, pulling all the resources together to address the food and nutrition needs and also promotes the healthy eating uh, diets through all the existing networks down to the levels of the rural communities. What the Department of Agriculture is currently doing? uh, uh, Firstly, the Department is now working closely with the FONOTO Primary Producers Authority to uh, establish a farmers association that would uh, assist the government uh, with food security needs uh, for instance uh, supplying of uh, planting materials as well as uh, local food uh, to affected areas the department of agriculture is working with uh, relevant stakeholders to set up uh, food basket uh, where communities could uh, grow Different varieties of uh, root crops and vegetables uh, during peace time uh, to access uh, different varieties of planting material uh, during and after any disaster. Therefore, as director responsible of uh, food security in Vanuatu, uh, it is our duty to demonstrate to the government of Vanuatu and the Pacific countries. Uh, of the importance of uh, having a healthy population in promoting food security, in promoting healthy eating, as well as addressing other social issues, including uh, compacting uh, NCD that has been uh, affecting most of the communities, and as well as the current new normal with the COVID-19 pandemic challenges. Uh, It is our role to ensure that uh, people have been uh, well informed of what the government is doing and what are the plans ahead to meet the food and nutrition standards of the entire population of Vanuatu.
7: Director of Agriculture and Rural Development Antoine Ravo telling Capital FM 107's Heather Maraki about the Vanuatu government's plans to tackle the growing problem of disasters cutting food supplies across the archipelago.
6: Ten minutes after the earthquake, we had a loud bang and then just saw the sea rising up. Know what to do. Know what to do.
3: Know what to do. Pacific Prepared.
7: safe.
3: Pacific Prepared When disaster strikes, you may have to evacuate quickly and be away from your home for some time. So, disaster authorities recommend making a kit with some essential items you will need if you have to flee your home. These are commonly known as Go Bags. Your Go Bag should be brightly colored and easy to carry, something like a large sports bag or backpack. Some Go Bags have a lot of items and can be quite expensive. Some cost almost nothing. Each episode, we will bring another item for your Go Bag and you can decide if it is right for you and how you can make it work. Do you take medicine? In an emergency, you could become very sick if you don't have your medicine with you. Medicines are not cheap, but make sure you have some ready to go in your drop bag at all times. Authorities recommend you carry two weeks worth. Also, write down each medicine you take and the dosage so you can show emergency relief authorities if you run out. Don't forget your reading glasses. Listen in next time for another item that will help make you ready to go. This information has been drawn from various sources, including the Red Cross, the United Nations, and government agencies. Be informed. Be prepared. Pacific Prepared.
7: Kevin Mirai from NBC, Papua New Guinea, helping you create your go bag. Pacific Prepared is supported by the Pacific Media Assistance Scheme with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of PACMAS or the Australian Government. It is produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, NBC Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, One Normal Capital FM 107 Vanuatu, FBC Fiji, Samoa National Radio 2AP, and TBC Tonga. Is your organization working in disaster preparedness or resilience? Keep us informed so we can keep everyone informed. Contact us anytime via email pacificprepared at your.abc.net.au. That is pacificprepared at your.abc.net.au. Thank you to our guests, correspondents and contributors, government and non-government agencies, who provided emergency and disaster information and support for this episode. And thank you for listening. My name is Aaron Carney. We'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, please stay safe, share what you have learned here and together we will help get the Pacific prepared.